Happy Tuesday and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Apollo 13 Minute, a show where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we go over one minute of probably the best uh, space history movie ever made, the 1995 Ron Howard directed feature, Apollo 13. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm your other host, I'm Chris Henry of the EAA Aviation Museum. And we're about to go right behind the moon, so uh, in a rather uh, critical move here. <laughs> We just watched the, the 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 two guys who are not Jim Lowell get uh, told by a veteran uh, moon flyer that uh, he's seen the moon already, and uh, they're reacting to it uh, like, "Oh yeah, that's right, you're up here," <laughs> uh, numerous times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, at least and, once before, but up in space, yeah. numerous times. Yeah. yeah well, ten. Yeah, and ten laps yeah. around the moon is nothing to sneeze at. So they get they get their uh, three quarters of the way around the moon, <laughs> and we do get a great view in the in that opening shot where. Uh, you get to see some of the ceiling and a lot of the, a lot of the stuff you don't think about when you're looking at the when you're looking at a lunar module. You don't think to look up, but uh, interesting to see they have uh, that that big. It's like a big piece of vinyl that basically covers the ceiling and uh, covers the uh, the wiring that goes down behind the instrument panel. An unusual view. I I am kind of. I know that they have to film this in gravity. The the pages wouldn't droop on uh, on their little uh, checklist that's floating in front of Kevin Bacon's face, or, <laughs> or actually not floating. It's hanging. It looks <laughs> they can't do everything uh, while while diving in a, a vomit comet. So. Yeah, <laughs> a real real nice looking thing. And the the Anya uh, soundtrack is coming up now with uh, James Horner and. Anya's kind of uh, humming in the background. Very, very moody piece there while, while they're doing that. How I start every morning, just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> just hearing some Anya. Yeah, or, yeah. Or an Oko flow and all that. I got to tell you, the coolest thing that, uh, you know, Kevin Bacon uh, delivers a line that I always thought was just really cool. I have no clue if it's real or not. It probably is not. But when they're, they're getting ready to, for loss of signal, and he's just like, see you on the flip side. Like that's the, that's the catch you on the flip side. That's the that's the coolest thing you could probably say going around the back end of the of the moon. Yeah. Is, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, like I said, I, I have a feeling that that's probably just scripted for the movie. But but uh, it's it that's that's pretty cool. That's a pretty uh, that's a pretty Fonzie move right there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I I'm thinking. I, I agree with you. I think that it's not really uh, a contemporary contemporaneous. Uh, uh, wording because that catch on the flip side is more of a cb term and cbs really didn't hit their hit their prime until the mid 1970s so 1970 is a little bit early for that kind of jargon yeah, thank you to mr burt reynolds and his black trans am <laughs> yeah Yeehaw, yeah 10-4 uh, <laughs> so but we'll, we'll we'll forgive him for this one because it, it does it does <laughs> like you say it tells well it just well it's real. just it's cool i mean and that's yeah the thing about it is uh, even today, by today's standards, you know, I, I've, I, I, I've been very fortunate to work with these guys. They're still cool. Like, oh, yeah. That's the thing that I always like to put out there is, is uh, you know, these guys were just awesome. I, they, were, they were. They were the tip of the iceberg for being cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. so, like, I could totally see one of them just going around the backside of the earth or the moon just uh, – you know, like so long, Earth catch you on the flip side. <laughs> like, I mean, that's just cool. We we always circle back to uh, to Frank Borman, but you know, when you're around Frank Borman, it's like hanging out with the <laughs> captain of the football team. He's just yeah. such the, you know, it's like these guys know what they're doing. Yeah, and 
even if they don't know what you're doing, you'd never know because they're just so, yeah, <laughs> so they're, darn they're, cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, they're yeah. just they, – I mean, I remember when we interviewed uh, Gene Cernan, he was adamant that he wanted to make sure that we put in that he held the record for how fast he can get a lunar rover on the moon. <laughs> like, that's how neat these guys were. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, really? Like, he's like, yeah, I left my keys in it, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, okay, like – Wow, that's. I mean, they're just they're just cool guys. I mean, let's let's face it. A lot of them drove the old Corvettes around Cocoa Beach, and I mean, whether they were trying or not, there there's certainly an, a, a portion of this we have to be honest with ourselves and say like, yeah, these dudes were cooler than we'll ever be. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's the that's the way. It's just you know you got to deal with it. It's. <laughs> I, I remember talking to uh, Jerry Carr down in uh, at uh, at the Cape. And uh, he was, you know, he was the last guy, the last guy off Skylab. And Jerry Carr said, yeah, I was getting up toward the, getting the 80th day, 82nd day in space. We were looking forward to getting back home. I'm thinking, you just spent 80, you know, it's like, it's like doing time. You're in this box with one window on the side of the, this big building. He already did a spacewalk that's, that, you know, extended the, the mission. And he's like, yeah, I'm just going to go home now. And <laughs> it's like, wow, what a... What a thing, you know. Yeah, the the ability to just just pass it off as as normal everyday experience is amazing. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, it's just that's what we do. Go yeah, and, yeah. Go out, go out and explore the planets. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we watch uh, we watch them go around the shadow of the moon there as uh, as as the ship passes into lunar night. The next couple of minutes, and I, we're going to be talking about this for the rest of the week. The next couple of minutes, I, I'm going to go I'm going to go crazy with all the geolog- geographical problems. With what they're doing, but this minute is is pretty much a calm thing. He looks at his as watch the ship passes into the shadow of the moon, and they're lit up by just the green lights from the uh, the dashboard of the of the limb, which is another problem because they really once they went around the back of the moon, they were powered down. It was I mean there was there was hardly anything on in that lunar module, um, and uh, I'm not exactly sure. I'm not exactly sure why. Well, I mean, I'm sure I know why because the the the, uh, uh, the reason that they're they're showing the squawk boxes and stuff, and we're not hearing anything coming out of them while Marilyn Lovell is listening. Um, that's just for dramatic effect. But she, even she knew they weren't going to be hearing anything from the backside of the moon because she's already been through this with, with uh, Apollo Eight. So, and I, and correct me if I'm wrong, and, and remind me of this scene: is she up? Is she crying at that point? Uh, no, that'll that'll be later on. Okay, but yeah, sorry, spoilers. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't let it throw you. Yeah, so, uh, and I, uh, I, I do like there's there's kind of a a, a nice matching uh, um, a symmetry that happens here because before when uh, when Marilyn and the family was down for uh, Jim's uh, Apollo 13 uh, television broadcast, none of the networks were covering. Uh, the the flight of Apollo 13, this amazing epic journey to the moon, but now that there's trouble, they show the the same that same box of four TV sets in uh, in the Mission Control uh, conference, you know, the visitors uh, uh, gallery. They're all covering it. They've got Cronkite on there. They've got uh, you know they're running replays of uh, of Swigert being interviewed on the on Earth, and uh, now they've got the now they've got the coverage while all this is uh, all this is happening. So it's kind of a, a nice. Uh, a tie-in to, to what had been shown previously. You know, it's funny. Uh, there's a very similar scene to this in Armageddon. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, yeah, that's right, yeah. There, when, when uh, uh, what's his name? The, Mich- the Gene Kranz of Armageddon. Um, 
Oh, Tommy or not Tommy Lee Jones? What's the other no, guy's no, name? No, um, no. Wait, it's not no, not Bruce Willis. Not. Yeah. Um, uh, he was married to Angelina Jolie. Oh, uh, John Voight. John Voight. No, not John Voight. He was married to oh, Angelina no, Jolie. Uh, yeah, John no, Voight's dad. John's dad. You just made it uh, weird. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. oh, it's all peculiar. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I was just reading about her for yeah. another for another movie actually. <laughs> What the uh, heck is his name? Um, um, yeah, it was. Uh, oh gosh, um, it was the dad of um, the girl from. Uh, <laughs> the, I'm googling the guy, it, I the guy from Aerosmith's daughter's. Uh, Billy Bob dad. Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton. Billy yeah. Bob Thornton. Okay, that's right. Okay, um, <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton's in like a back room of Mission Control, and there's there's TVs going. It's almost. It's a very similar yeah. shot. Um, I just thought it was interesting. They they kind of copied Apollo thirteen, I think. Yeah. Well, it, 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 you know, you go with what works, and that worked awfully nice in this movie. Oh yeah. So, um, yeah. And it was you know it, it was made it was made three years three years after, so they had to you know this, this is this is what what you're expecting, and it's you know, it's nice they're showing uh, uh, Gene kind of thinking about things, and he's he's actually off duty now because it was second shift anyway. He's he wasn't on duty, so he could take uh, the equivalent of a smoke break in the uh, in the gallery. You know, Gene said something really interesting to me once, and and I don't know if he, uh, I'd, I'd love to talk to him again, but he said, you know, there weren't very many nights that he worked late hmm. during this whole during the whole mission. You know, he, you you still had to rotate your stuff on the ground, and he said, uh, you know, maybe the first night when the explosion happened, but overall, like, and they kind of show they make it look almost like he was just there the entire time. Yeah, and uh, he said, did he really? You know, except for that first night, they didn't really uh, work. Uh, you know, some of the guys would stay nearby, but a lot of them uh, went home. <laughs> they well, didn't uh, yeah, work a I, lot of overtime. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that that's true in any real time thing when you're when you're doing so. Well, you've you've worked air traffic, and and the idea mm-hmm. of having people there working overtime, you don't want tired, stressed out people sitting over a console making decisions. Right. Like, exactly. Exactly. Go home, have a nice dinner, come back, sleep. You know, take eight hours, and we'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's definitely part of that that whole thing. And all these guys were, you know, ex-military. They've been through the drills of operations, so they know, you know, how uh, sleepy people aren't helpful. Right. Exactly. They do have a a, a nice bit with uh, where they're showing, uh, you know, uh, file footage of Jack Swigert talking about uh, what he was looking forward to and going to the moon and being being able to be, you know, see, seeing the stars and. And being, uh, you know, seeing a lunar sunrise and how exciting that's going to be. And right now, that's probably not high on his priority list. Even though he is, you know, he's he's there in the ship and looking out the window and and watching what's going on. You know, it, it, it's an interesting irony that yeah, he's he's right exactly where he wanted to be, but nothing more than that. He's right now. He's just got to get. He doesn't even have the job that he had. Is now, you know, <laughs> yeah, not even yeah, yeah, not 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 ready for him. Everything was a changer. <laughs> We uh, we go to a clip there with probably one of my favorite uh, space age uh, anchorman, Frank Reynolds uh, from ABC News. I when I was a kid, there, the 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 three choices that you had was ABC, NBC, or CBS. CBS was uh, Walter Cronkite and Wally Schirra. And if you wanted to hear oh. nonstop chatter and war stories about space, you listen to to Wally and Walter. And occasionally, you have on Arthur C. Clarke talking about the future of space. And uh, yeah, it was interesting, but it was talk, talk, talk all the time. If you wanted uh, more of a newsy feel to it, NBC would have uh, John Chancellor, David Brinkley, Chet Huntley, and Jim Hartz. 
and uh, and Frank McGee until he passed away. Those guys all seemed to be you know on the ground. They knew they knew a lot of astronauts. They didn't have them in the studio chatting away. You know, like like with having Wally Shara watching it was like watching a football game with John Madden. He was like talk 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 talk. With uh, with NBC, they were more like um, you know reporters on the ground. The ABC show had less had had fewer. Um, uh, anchors and, and news people, but they had these two uh, old guys who knew everything about stuff and didn't interfere with you know g- getting the news to you. But they let them they let the um, the news speak for itself. You had uh, Frank Reynolds who was the anchorman of their evening news, and you also had uh, Jules Bergman who knew everything there was to know about science and astronautics and aeronautics. And uh, between Frank and uh, Jules, they were very serious. They were very clear cut and 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 explained a lot of stuff without interrupting. And uh, seeing Frank there, when you saw Frank on TV, you knew you were going to get a really good explanation of what the what the stakes were in any given uh, disaster. Um, and he, gosh, he passed away in 1983, uh, and he covered everything. I mean, he was in Vietnam. He he covered the Nixon resignation. Um, one of the final major news stories I can remember him doing was he was uh, providing live coverage of when president reagan got shot and uh, he oh, was wow. a he was a friend of president reagan when he was governor reagan and uh, he took it very personally and he also knew jim brady very well so all of these all the information that was coming out of uh, of the reagan uh, shooting um he was very emotional about things but he, he did keep keep it under control um but uh, quite a quite a news guy who's kind of i mean it, generally people people associate the 60s and the 70s with Walter Cronkite, but there were some really capable and uh, and really astute uh, newsmen, and I think Frank Reynolds uh, gets a bit of his due right here in the in in the scene in the movie. Wow, yeah, uh, th- there was something just different about the news guys of that era. They carried themselves with such dignity. I mean, it was, you know, not, and I don't mean that as a as a bag on. Uh, I'll, no, modern know. day ones. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's a I'm not getting way. into the whole fake news argument. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but, no. but there was something like you, like you, you trusted your guy, whoever, whatever channel you liked. That was your channel. Like my grandparents, uh, back home, there was something called KDKA, which was the call letters that, of. That was the first, the first TV, or the first radio station. Yeah, exactly. And the uh, the TV news still exists. It's still called KDKA. The call letters are the same. But they literally watched that channel, and they wouldn't turn the channel on the TV. <laughs> the KDK letters were actually burned into the screen. Um, I mean, just because that uh, was their channel, you know. That's the that's devotion. Yeah, yeah. But K- KDKA, they first. I mean, they were first on the air with the reporting of Warren G. Harding's election as president, and that's. I mean, that's how long ago uh, they've they've been a, a broadcast uh, force, and you know they're they're still there. It's it's. I mean, you can tell how old they are because they're a K station east of the Mississippi. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, uh, exactly. It's, it's, it's amazing, but yeah, you know, quite a uh, an icon, and uh, you know, and the, to get on that news, I mean, the the news anchors that they had on that show were on for decades, and you know, the weather guy on KDK is the one you trusted. He's the one that knew when you know how many feet of snow you were getting in Pittsburgh. So yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Yeah, 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 but uh, a, a different a different time. A callback to another another time. It is, and but, I know there's an episode of From the Earth to the Moon that they even touch on that. You know. Yeah, yeah, but, with Lane Smith. Yeah. Yeah, but it was a really well done, and I get it. I mean, the news was, you know, and everybody was on the edge of their seat watching this. Like I said, they, these were the coolest cats around. I mean, everybody wanted oh, yeah. to see this. Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was, it was impressive. 
Um, I just one thing that uh, I was surprised at in this the, uh, the picture when Gene Kranz is sitting in the uh, visitors gallery. I didn't realize that he wore a snap tie holder on on the back of his collar. Uh, that didn't seem huh. like something that he'd wear. I would think that he would wear an Oxford button down. Um, yeah, that I don't know. That would be maybe, uh, that's an interesting one. It might have been an Air Force. I, I I don't know what Air Force uh, dress uniforms were like, but maybe he got used to that kind of a snap behind the behind the tie. And uh, yeah, he, you know, it's just something that he carried over. I, I'm not sure, but anyway, if we ask, uh, if, if, when we have Gene on, yeah, I'll have to ask yeah. him what kind of clothes he wore. Yeah. You know, probably say what the hell are you talking about? But, yeah, you know, yeah we'll... <laughs> exactly. I've asked him a lot of weird stuff that'll be uh, getting up there. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> tell us what you were wearing. He he did. You know, he has a great story, and I won't tell it now because we, okay. we have to have him tell it. But um, he has great stories about the vests and um where the vest came from and the material and everything it's really neat stuff that we got to have him talk about okay well we'll we'll, we'll chat him up on that uh, yeah. uh, upcoming yeah. episode so stay tuned yeah yeah absolutely um, well one one thing is we're finishing out this minute uh we do see fred hayes uh holding on to uh well, a camera that he would have used on the lunar surface that's a a, a lunar surface uh it's a hasselblad 500 el and uh it's a beautiful electronic camera that they carried three of them on board and uh, they'd, they'd use them in the cabin. They'd use them for uh, surface photography of the moon. And then uh, they'd also uh, use it out on the lunar surface. So that camera that he's holding probably is bringing up some memories of all the photography lessons that he went to out in the desert. They, they, they took them out to the middle of you know, moon-like uh, areas on Earth in Arizona and California. And they practiced taking pictures of, uh, of the surface, of the landscape, of uh, landing sites and things like that. The, those Hasselblad cameras. Hasselblad has an interesting uh, history. Hasselblad is a it's a Swedish company. The founder was a fellow named Victor Hasselblad. Sweden had hired him to create uh, uh, photography reconnaissance cameras during World War II. That he he had found a couple of uh, German Leica cameras that had fallen out of uh, you know German aircraft that had been shot down, uh, and the uh, the Ger- the uh, Swiss uh, Swedish government had asked him to create one with a better motor and a better uh, lens. So he created a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of cameras, and he also made it so that they would fit German lenses because the Zeiss lenses were really good. <laughs> uh, they became a main uh, supplier to uh, both the U.S. Air Force. Uh, they, they built uh, things that were used on U-2s and SR-71s and also into NASA when uh, NASA needed a, a good, solid electronic camera that would seal up and work in a vacuum. Hasselblad came through with this uh, 500EL and uh, if you look at you know pictures of uh, astronauts on the moon, especially in the later missions where they both wore cameras on their chest, those are Hasselblad 500ELs. Wow, that's uh, cool stuff. We gotta have yeah, Jennifer Lavasser to come back on and talk about the Hasselblads. Yes, we do, Jennifer. That's like her oh, thing. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, well, Jennifer, we're gonna have you on. I know you're listening <laughs> in, your, in your carpool heading home. <laughs> <laughs> she's got. Over. She's a wealth of knowledge on a lot of stuff, but. I mean, space flown cameras are like that's like her thing. So yeah, okay. Well, we're gonna we're gonna hit hit her up shortly. So expect a call soon, Jennifer. So <laughs> anyway, for uh, uh, for folks who who would like to talk with us more besides Jennifer, there's lots of interesting people out there. We're always <laughs> available out there on uh, on social media. You can find us on the Facebook page at uh, the Apollo 13 Minutes Mission Control. Uh, also check on uh, on Twitter if you're a tw- if you're a tweeting person. Uh, check for us on Twitter at uh, Apollo 13 Minute. 
Uh, if you've missed any previous episodes, go to Apollo13minute.com, and you can listen to every one of our previous 71 minutes of, uh, of sheer entertainment. Uh, and you, or if you don't want to go out to the website, uh, you can have it delivered to you hot and fresh. Just go to either iTunes or Google Play, or now on Spotify, uh, just go in, uh, type in Apollo 13 Minute, click subscribe, and we'll be delivered to you hot and fresh every Monday through Friday. So uh, join us here as we're rounding the far, the dark side of the moon, as uh, Mr. Floyd would say. <laughs> Which one's pink? No. Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, it looks like we're coming up on uh, Lost Signal for ourselves in about 30 seconds. So we will see you here tomorrow on the Apollo 13 Minute. Catch you on the flip side. <laughs>